You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills, and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. In 2008, I gave up my 20-year career as a fashion buyer because I was disillusioned with how much was being sourced overseas, and I set out to uncover some of the amazing businesses that are still making in the UK. Since founding Make It British, I've discovered that there is not only still tons of manufacturing taking place in Britain, but that it's a thriving industry. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be chatting to inspiring British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offering advice to product-based businesses that make in the UK. So with no further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome to episode number 238 of the Make It British podcast. Today's episode is all about how much it costs to launch a clothing brand. So we surveyed our Make It British members and they gave us the insights of how much it costs them and what they spent their money on. So this episode will be really useful for you, not only if you're thinking of launching a clothing brand, but also if you already have an existing business and you want to keep a track of your costs because there may be some things that you're spending here that you actually don't need to. So I'm going to give you tips and advice for how to keep those costs down. This episode is sponsored by the Make It British Forum, our upcoming event. I want to tell you a few more details about the event in case you've not yet got your ticket. And if you are thinking of coming, make sure you get your ticket really soon because this is a small, intimate event and we have a limited number of spaces. So here you go. Are you a British brand founder of a product business that makes in the UK? If so, you're going to want to be at our Make It British Forum on the 8th of October. Whether you currently manufacture in the UK or you hope to do so in the future, and you're super passionate about what you do, but you feel like you're juggling manufacturing and marketing and running your business, and you're totally overwhelmed. You just like one day where you can work on your business, not in your business, with face-to-face interaction with like-minded people who feel the same way as you do. This is a forum and not a lecture. It's not just about listening, it's about doing, and we're going to inspire you with practical workshops and amazing speakers. Tickets include entry for the whole day on Saturday the 8th of October, the practical workshops, the speakers, networking with others that make in the UK, plus all of your food and drink. To get your ticket, go to makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash forum. See you there. So how much do you think it costs to start a clothing brand that is made in the UK? Can you launch a brand with £500? Is that possible? As you may have heard, um, famously, the Cambridge Satchel Company, Julie Dean, launched the brand with just £500 with her first investment of stock. Is that possible? Or do you need more like 50,000? Are there some brands that spend a lot, lot more? We surveyed our Make It British members to find out how much they spent on launching their businesses. And the results of that may actually surprise you. So on average, only 7% of our members spent less than £1,000 on launching their business. And that was to get it to the point where the products were on sale. It didn't include 
further costs after that, after they'd launched their business. That was just to get to their launch point. The average amount that people spent was between 15 and 50,000. And some people, 7%, spent over 50,000, which is a phenomenal amount of money. Now, those costs can be vastly reduced. So I want to give you some tips today for firstly, what those costs might include, and there may be some things in here that you'd not thought of, and how you can cut those costs down, where the, the areas are that I see people spending too much money when they could really be saving their hard-earned cash to make sure that once they've launched their product, it's actually really successful because they've got some money after they've launched to actually continue marketing and selling their business. So... How do you think these costs break down? Let's have a look at those one by one and let's make sure that you don't overspend. The first thing you're going to need to spend money on when you're launching a new clothing line or any sort of business where you've got a product is going to be prototyping. So there's going to be costs involved in getting those first samples made. That will include things like research and development. Before you've even started getting a prototype made, you need to do your research. You're then going to need to spend costs on raw materials and the components that go into that product. You'll also have manufacturing costs associated with producing a prototype or a sample. And you're going to have design costs in there as well. That may be you designing. That may be you have to pay someone else to do some designs for you. Secondly, you've got the cost of the actual stock. So once you've got your prototypes made, you've then got to buy the stock that you're going to commit to that you're actually going to sell when you first launch. So that will include also your materials and trims and the manufacturing costs of getting that first order made. And I've got some tips about how you can get that cost down when we come to it later on. Then you've got the cost of the logistics. So that's just the logistics of moving around your raw materials and your components and your finished stock. It may be that you're buying some of your raw materials and components from overseas. So you've got to factor in all the costs that will involve, be involved in bringing those raw materials in. Then you're going to have packaging and labels and all those things that you're going to want to put, put on your product before you ship it out to the customer. So that's a cost that you're going to have to pay up for in, in advance as well. Then you've got marketing. So the cost of actually telling your potential customers about your new business and about your new products. So that includes obviously a website. So you're going to need a great website. That's going to be your base for where everyone can come to to find out about your products and hopefully to then buy them. And you're going to want to get some amazing photography and video done to go on that website as well. So if unless you are a photographer yourself, you're going to have to invest in the cost of good photography because it can make your brand, can make the difference between your brand looking amazing when you first launch and from it looking unprofessional. And that can it can make a big difference. Then you might have the cost of any brand ambassadors or influencers that you want to pay to tap into their audience to talk about your products and get your products out there. And that can be quite a substantial cost, but can really pay dividends. So it might be something you're going to want to save money for. Then you've got any trade shows or events that you're going to want to do when you launch your business to get the word out there about your product and get your product in front of as many people as you possibly can. Now, if those trade shows are overseas, you're going to have a considerable investment of actually getting to those shows as well. So you need to factor in the cost of such events. 
And you might also want to pay someone to do PR. You need to think about how you're going to get people to talk about your brand. How are you going to get your brand featured in the press? Are you going to do that yourself? Or will you have to pay someone else to do that for you? So all those things can come into the cost of marketing your business. Social media can be an amazing way, an amazing free way of promoting your business, but it takes time. And you may, in addition to that, also want to spend some money on doing paid marketing and advertising as well. Then you've got the really boring part of business, which is the fees and admin costs that you may incur uh, from people like legal advice. So if you want to do NDAs or have some sort of um, legal contracts with people that you're working with, you may have to pay a lawyer to do something like that. And that doesn't come cheap. The same with accountancy and bookkeeping fees. Is that something you're going to do yourself? Or is that something that you're going to pay someone else to do? This is where the costs can really start to ramp up. And boring things like insurance. As a business, you have to have it at the bare minimum. You need to be covering for um, product liability. So you need to make sure you've covered yourself and you've got some insurance in place for that. And then what if you want a studio space to work from? Maybe you're making the products yourself and you can't make them from home. You need to have another space. You may even have staffing costs involved in that with people helping you to ship the products out. So that all comes into your fees and admin costs. So how can you keep these costs down? You've seen all of the costs that can potentially be involved. What are my tips for how you can keep your costs down? Number one is to make sure you do your research first. Now, if you didn't see the video that I did a couple of weeks ago on how to find a UK manufacturer, there was tips in there on how what you need to prepare before you reach out to a manufacturer to get prototypes made. One of the biggest mistakes I see people make is jumping to that sample stage far too soon. They get overexcited. They start developing prototypes where they've, before they've properly done their research and got everything together in the right way that they then end up otherwise just making endless samples and samples cost money. So the prototyping stage is one of the stages that I see people spending the most money when they start up. And you can considerably cut those costs down by doing your research first. Number two is don't buy too much stock. Please, please, for the love of God, do not buy too much stock when you first launch your business. Buying too much stock can be easily done. You might find a manufacturer that you like, but their minimum order quantities are, are higher than you'd hope to, to actually spend. But the problem with that, however much you like that manufacturer, if they're pushing you to buy 300 units, that's a huge amount of money that you've got to outlay right at the beginning in stock for your new business without knowing who's actually going to buy your product once it hits the shelves, once it gets live, goes live on your website. So if you possibly can negotiate minimum order quantities with not just your manufacturer, but also your fabric suppliers and your trims and components and your packaging, just negotiate those minimum order quantities down if you can, 
or find a different manufacturer or supplier to work with. There's plenty of manufacturers in the UK that can, can make small order quantities. Uh, make it British, we know tons of those sorts of manufacturers and we can help you to find them as well. So don't go with the first manufacturer you find that gives you a big minimum order quantity. And don't be tempted to go overseas to get your products made because you'll certainly have to place a larger order when you go overseas. So keep that initial quantity down to keep those initial stock costs right down when you first launch. Number three is shop around for services. God, how many people have I seen being totally ripped off by agency this and agency that? In fact, anything with the word agency in it is going to cost you double what it might cost you if you went to an individual. Now, I'm not saying don't work with an agency, but just make sure you've done your due diligence. When it comes to your website, how much of it can you do yourself? How much of it can you get done by an individual or a freelancer? Rather than going to an agency who tries to sell you an entire package and they're going to do everything for you for launching your website, your social media, your branding, your hosting. Next thing you know, you're committed to a retainer with them that could potentially cost you thousands of pounds. And that is also one of the big mistakes I've seen people make. So try and go work with individuals if you possibly can and avoid getting signed in to big retainers and contracts with people before you know exactly what it is they're going to deliver and whether that is going to deliver any results for your business as well. The same goes for things like lawyers and professional fees and bookkeepers and accountants. There are a lot of people out there that will charge businesses, particularly small businesses, a lot of money. But at the same time, there are a lot of services that you can now find yourself online without having to pay big agencies and um, professionals to produce those contracts for you. So for instance, if you're looking for an NDA, there are several websites that you can find online where you can get standard contracts that you can just um, amend that give you a basic NDA that you can give to a manufacturer without getting a lawyer to draw you up one at the cost of thousands, because generally an NDA is pretty standard, whichever manufacturer you give it to. So just be a little bit savvy when it comes to the professional fees and shop around first. And then finally, just do what you can yourself. So there's going to be some things that you will need to outsource, but there are other things that you probably have the skills to do yourself, or you can learn those skills to do yourself. So do you need to work with a production consultant to manage all your manufacturing for you and then be forever paying them a commission to manage your manufacturing for you? Or can you do, can you manage the production yourself by going directly to the fabric factory yourself, learning those skills. And we can certainly teach you that at Make It British on how to work directly with manufacturers rather than going through a third party, because then you don't necessarily own the relationship with that factory. Other things that you might want to think about doing for yourself are things like parts of your website, your social media, writing your own press releases, so if you're a good writer, maybe you can write the copy for your website. If you're a photographer, you can obviously take your own photographs. Or maybe you can outsource the photography for your website to a very good photography student who's keen to get work in their portfolio rather than a professional company or a professional photographer who's going to charge you thousands. Sorry to all those professional photographers out there who I've just 
dissed your services because they are brilliant. But there are some things that you can definitely save on and photography may be one of them. So I hope that's helped. I'm going to be going live every Tuesday at 1pm. Sometimes I will have guests on the show. Other times it will just be me answering your questions and giving you tips and advice for making a product that is made in the UK. So please do make sure you tune in live every Tuesday at 1pm here on YouTube. Don't forget as well to subscribe to this YouTube channel and press the little bell. If you subscribe and then switch on notifications, you will also get a notification flash up when we go live and you can hear all of my tips that I have about how to make a product that is made in the UK. So thank you very much, everyone, for joining me today and I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Make It British podcast. I make an episode every Friday, plus there's bonus episodes occasionally. Many of the interviews that you hear on series four of this podcast are also available to watch on our YouTube channel. You can find it by going to youtube.com forward slash Make It British LTD. That's Make It British with the letters LTD. Bye bye. Bye.